Welcome to the Fantasy NASCAR Podcast. I am Pierce Dietrich. You can follow me on Twitter at Race for the Prize. Today, episode 626. It's been a decade of this. Can you believe it? We're talking Cup Series, silly season. What are the changes that we need to know? And I don't want to just waste your time and fill with information. The goal here is that if we can memorize some of these changes, do some of the homework, then hopefully there'll be less scrambling. You know, you've probably been in that situation. Lock is coming up. Maybe you're in between two drivers and you somehow found yourself in that magnificent position of, well, who's the crew chief? What has the crew chief done? Maybe that is going to be the deciding factor, which obviously is probably the stupidest idea ever. But if you're like me, I like breaking things down, looking at data points, looking at the actual racing. I'm not so much the, um, well, these guys are going to have 30% of him, and I've only got 20%, and so that'll make the decision based on what the field plays. I don't care what the field's playing. I don't care what other people are doing. I'm not going to spend my time obsessing over other people and game theory. And maybe that's the best way to go. It probably is especially if you're entering 150 lines, but I'm not. Um, Ultimately, maybe it's just my own selfishness and solipsism that I just want to do what I want to do, and the world revolves around me. And the world that revolves around me involves looking at crew chiefs, more often than not in the Xfinity series and in the truck series, and using that as a deciding factor, probably not a winning strategy. But nonetheless, maybe you're going to be in that situation where you're going to need to on the fly remember oh yeah this guy used to be with this team and this team used to do well here or this crew chief used to be with this team and instead of jumping through racing reference and going through 15 different laps of uh, link trees and clicking through all the different ways to find out a specific team in their stats or a specific crew chief in their stats maybe we can do a little bit of legwork today and tomorrow and the next coming days before the season starts and maybe that'll make it easier but the truth is you probably are still going to end up clicking through the link trees on racing reference and going down the rabbit hole of what did this team used to do with this track or what did this crew chief used to do with that track and uh, when they change teams often especially in the truck and experience series it becomes quite tricky cup series not so much so without further ado again the spreadsheet is going to be available soon at raceforthepriz.com, dfsnotes.com, PayPal, Venmo, cash at me for the month of February. We'll go with 30 bucks. I believe it's worth more than 30 bucks, but I'm looking at other people's pricing at the moment, and they're kind of going monthly, not necessarily seasonal. So let's stay competitive with them. Let's not jack you up early. I would really like to pull people in. But again, I think it's worth more than 30 bucks. You can pay for the weekly package. Most of you know what you're going to get. You get all of the data, everything. I'm not saying I'll give you this on one week or that one. I'm going to give you everything. You're going to use everything. You're going to like it. It's been around for a while. It's, you know, look, that's it. You get it all. You get all the practice data. You get all the scraping. Everything, nothing holding back. You want it? Come get it. 30 bucks. I hope that I can lock in 30 to 50 really good, supportive people and we can rock and roll throughout the season. Again, that's raceforthepriz.com, dfsnotes.com. Venmo me the money, PayPal the money, cash after me. I don't need your credit card. I'm not going to sign you up for a thing and then secretly bill you. Just send that money over. 
Wham, bam, here we rock and roll. Kevin Harvick retired, probably should have retired sooner. Josh Berry's going to come in, work with Rodney Childers. There should be some reason to be excited. Everybody in the DFS community, even in the NASCAR community, pretty hyped up about Josh Berry. We wanted to see Josh Berry succeed for years. It wasn't really happening. Then he has that breakthrough win at Martinsville, and everything seems to have fallen into place after that. Probably had higher expectations for him last year in the Xfinity Series. Still nothing to hang his head about. And obviously, he proved his worth. He got himself a cup ride. Rodney Childers, just like Kevin Harvick, though, maybe Childers' best days are behind him. We don't often talk a lot about this for crew chiefs, but it is a thing. There is fall off for crew chiefs as well. We have seen some crew chiefs who are unbeatable. And then just things happen, teams change. Uh, obviously, the science changes, the cars change. They have to make sure that they keep their fingers on the pulse. Meanwhile, new whiz kids are graduating out of college every day with better ideas, better engineers working their way up, just like with drivers. We don't talk about that very often, but you can see it. If it weren't the case, then star crew chiefs would just win year after year after year, and we would never have any change. We would never have any turnover, but we do. And if we see it with Kevin Harvick, we see it with Dale Hart Jr., we see it with Jeff Gordon, Jimmy Johnson, you name the star that's no longer a star, the same thing happens with crew chiefs. And a lot of it is a symbiotic relationship between a hot driver and a hot crew chief. Um, I think Todd Gordon was probably one of the few crew chiefs that I can remember who walked away on top. Uh, nothing else to jump in. Obviously, this is something I would want to look deeper into and do more research on, but I don't know. Uh, and, and adding to that, and this is probably getting way too deep in the weeds, but I haven't been very impressed by Josh Berry's KHI runs and late model races that he's done in the off season working slightly with Rodney Childers. Not that you're just going to throw together a late model team and walk into, you know, I know we say, oh, it's a lower series. It's not really a lower series. I mean, it's a lower series in scale, your late models, sure, and in funding. But the drivers that have been in the late models have been driving those specific cars and working on those cars for years. And you're just going to show up one day and say, oh, yeah, well, we're cup guys. We're going to beat you. It doesn't work out that way. It doesn't work that way. So when Josh Berry's not down there dominating and, and beating your bubble pollards, I probably, you know, shouldn't hold that against him too much. But for whatever reason, I am in the back of my mind, which is stupid and it's silly. I mean, and I've been watching, you know, your snowball derbies. Uh, what's the one? See, I thought I was going to forget it. I thought I was going to forget this race. It's a late model race uh, towards the end of the season. Florence, gosh, I knew it. I was thinking when I was talking, thinking this podcast through my head, you know, Dale runs there, Josh Berry was running there in South Carolina. If you're heading down to Myrtle Beach, the Redneck Riviera, through North Carolina, through Virginia, off to go through Florence, y'all. And actually, Florence, y'all, is that's, that's Kentucky, but Florence, South Carolina. I hope that I'm not mistaken. I, I was pretty sure I was going to forget the name of that late model race, short track down there, and someone was going to be screaming, at their car dash, listening to the podcast, saying, it's the Florence race, you idiot. How do you forget about the Florence-South Carolina race? You got to remember that place. We're always going to get a speeding ticket if you're driving down to Myrtle Beach because you can't get there soon enough to 
eat overpriced seafood and go to, well, I never did this, but anyway, we'll, we'll just move on. Myrtle Beach is something else. I've only been with family, but growing up, that's where a lot of the spring breakers would go and the senior trippers would go. Oh yeah, there's my alarm. So those joining you, joining us, it's 5 a.m. Eastern on the East Coast recording podcast, trying to knock this out before I get some spreadsheets done. Got up a little bit earlier today, so it goes. So Kevin Harvick's gone, Josh Berry's in at SHR, Eric Avarola's gone at SHR. I guess I think that's where we'll start. Let's just talk about Stuart Haas racing, a lot of change and turnover. The reports are like, oh, the guys, the new group, they all get along. It's a great mix of dudes. Cool. If you're having a slumber party, we're trying to win some races. And when I look at that team and the crew chiefs and the equipment, and hopefully the equipment improves, but how often have we been saying hopefully the equipment improves at SHR? Like, well, this is the year it's going to change? Why are you saying that? I mean, they're going to change. They're going to they're gonna double down and invest in equipment now when they don't have some of the big sponsors that they had, when they don't have some of the big name drivers and crew chiefs. Like, this is going to be the year, not last year or the year before that. What makes you believe that all of a sudden that Stuart Haas racing equipment is going to be top-notch, top of the line, everything is working out? Nothing really tells me that. Again, so, yeah, I'm glad that the dudes are all getting along, you know, and they're, they've got their uh, you know, their fort built in the backyard. Or they, they got the clubhouse up in the tree, and, and they got a fart can. It's like an old Folgers tin cup. They just fart into it, and they open it up and smell like three day old farts. Cool. Awesome job, guys. You know, if you want to go film Stand By Me too, great. But let's try to win some races. And I don't have any faith in Ryan Priest. Sorry. Do you have any faith that Ryan Priest is going to win races? Nah, not really. Uh, Noah Gregson, he's just going to walk into this team and all of a sudden be great. So, oh, well, he reminds a lot of people of Clint Boyer. Well, that's cool, but Clint Boyer don't want to win races for SHR. I mean, like, everyone loves Clint Boyer. He's very entertaining, a good hard driver, but he won a range-shortened race at Michigan. Congrats. And he did have a very solid win at Martinsville. All right. And other than that, did he live up to his, you know, early RCR career expectations? Did he even live up to his almost championship win at MWR? The answer is no. We love Clint Boyer, but uh, them comparing Gregson to Boyer, like that's really not much of a compliment. So who else do we have at Stuart Haas Racing? Uh, so we got Gregson coming in. we got Ryan Priest. Jeez, why am I blanking off the top of my head? This is the way that it goes when you are doing these things. Ah, well, we can just simply just run it down here. It's on the screen, isn't it? Oh, yeah, Josh Barry, as we already mentioned. And then it's embarrassing that I have forgotten. But this just gives me the, uh, the yeah, there's Gregson. How low this team? Yeah, yes, Chase Briscoe. So uh, of note with Chase Briscoe, he is being, he's rejoining Richard Boswell. Richard Boswell was his Xfinity Series crew chief when they were just rocking and rolling. 
and winning race after race after race. And this change happened in the middle of last year. I think the more interesting thing, so you think, oh, Richard Broswell and Chase Briscoe, it's going to be back to winning and everything's going to be great. But again, it's not really an easy transition for Boswell to pretty much always work on Xfinity cars and in the middle of the season going to jump up to the Cup Series and then have the expectation that not only is this team going to improve, but they're going to improve against some of the best cars and best competition. And they didn't necessarily have the best car or best competition. And I'll go ahead and throw on Briscoe's uh, results. So, well, actually, sure, we'll just do it right here. We'll do it right here. Chase, Briscoe, Racing Reference, pop them up. And we'll just look at some of his series results. Again, we're talking Stuart Haas Racing here, starting the podcast, and we're going at a snail's pace. We're not going to make it through, are we? Anyway, 2021, he has Johnny Klausmeyer. Uh, what is it? Early in the season. Probably don't really want to care about 2021. We probably want to look at 2022, next-gen car. Obviously, he gets that win at Phoenix. And he seems to excel in the next-gen car a little bit earlier than other drivers. But in the end, just one win, 10 top 10s in 2022. We have a better – just because that win was a pretty good win, a very strong win at Phoenix. It was out of the blue. Surprised a lot of people. Let her one laps. Really – uh, leaned on that for a lot of the season and really kind of obscured how not so good he was. Because he always had that one win in his pocket. He finished well down the end stretch, but the schedule can be kind of wonky there. And again, just looking at finishing results doesn't tell you the whole picture. Let's go back and look at 2023. Again, Boswell is now the crew chief. The last season... He will start at this. Did Klausmeyer start out with him again? I don't think he did. He did. So Klausmeyer is his, his crew chief. Bugaravich comes in. Not much happening there. Then they're going to close out with Boswell. What I want to see is how do these results look like with Boswell. Not so good, Bob. Not so good. So, And, and that's expected. Maybe they'll improve this season. It's hard to tell. But the real interesting thing is that Boswell was with Riley Herbst in the Xfinity series, and they didn't do so great. And then Boswell leaves Riley Herbst, and Herbst closed the season out in 2023 with the best runs of his life, of his career. You probably remember, like, yeah, remember how good Riley Herbst was at the end of the season? That was when Richard Boswell, supposedly you know, the guy that worked with Briscoe, when he left. But again... One of the things that you want to note about when Richard Boswell and Chase Briscoe had that magnificent run, A, as always, the competition in the Xfinity Series, pretty soft, pretty watered down. B, it was that COVID era, no practice, so if you had equipment and you nailed the setup, huge advantage. And, I mean, you could probably throw some CDs and E's, but, you know, and if you listen to the podcast along, we knew Briscoe was going to win races, but I wasn't necessarily impressed by the races that he won in 2020 or 2021 during that era. I just wasn't, and it's up to you how you want to evaluate the drivers 
who excelled or struggled during that time period. But the rules were such that there was unfair advantages given to drivers. That, I mean, look, I won last week's race, so I get to start up front. And only do I get to start up front, no one gets to test. And my car is already better than yours. And people are struggling financially, maybe not pushing that hard. So everything, the deck was pretty much always stacked week after week. That if people got off to a good start during the COVID era, then, you know, you just didn't really fall back. And that's why Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin would win every week. We'd see pretty much similar results in the Xfinity series. I don't really want to revisit all of that. No one wants to live through all of that again. Gosh, what a pain that was. But you know, sometimes when we look back at the statistics from 2020, 2021, like right now, we're saying, oh, Richard Boswell and Chase Briscoe. Yeah, I don't know. Were they really that good? And that's not like to take away anything from what they did. But I'm not sure that that's the route I want to go down. Okay. So I think that wraps up. Stuart Haas Racing, cool guys to go drinking with probably, but maybe not the best team to win races. With Justin Haley's jumping into the college car for Rick Ware. We've heard a lot about this for last year. Rick Ware does have technical alliance with SHR. Cool, great. Um, I think, or is it Roush? Either way, we've heard of these technical alliances before, and you want to think that, well, it wouldn't be, you know, Justin Haley wouldn't go there if this wasn't really an alliance. Really? It's just Justin Haley, guys. He wins a bunch of plate races, halfway decent, and pretty good equipment in the Xfinity and Truck Series. It's just Justin Haley. Do you think that Justin Haley has that kind of bargaining power? Maybe he wasn't getting offers. Maybe Cullig wasn't really play, paying him that much. Maybe Cullig had already informed him that he was not a part of their future plans. Maybe he also realizes, like, I don't know if college is really going anywhere. Maybe Rick Ware does have a chance, but it's a, you know, a gamble. I don't really see this. This is definitely not a step forward in my book. It's lateral at best. Not really excited about it. I would love for Rick Ware Racing out of Thomasville, North Carolina. You guys know that's where I used to teach and be a principal at an alternative school in Thomasville, North Carolina. Home of Rick Ware Racing. I would love to see Rick Ware Racing, the little guy, work his way up. The guy's got an IndyCar team. It's hard not to support him, but it's also hard not to recognize what he's doing. He's a backmarker team working the system. Hey, businessman figured it out. Congrats to him. Daniel Henry's going to take that spot at Colic. Haven't we seen this before? If Daniel Henry couldn't excel in the RCR car, and again, you can go, well, the reason why Daniel Henry didn't do well was the package. Well, that 2019 package stunk, but this was before COVID. He had his opportunity. <laughs> I just, it's one, one, what, one race in 300. I, I just don't know. This guy's, a, I want to be careful about what I say on these podcasts anymore. I don't think I can say this. Is Daniel Hemrick the Jeffrey Epstein of NASCAR? Does he have dirty images? Has he framed all of these executives and team owners that they just give him opportunity after opportunity? When you, we look at Jeffrey Epstein, like, what did they see in this guy? He didn't know anything about science. He didn't know anything about anything. Why are all these billionaires giving him money? And then you look at Daniel Hemrick, like, why does he keep getting rides? 
Why does he get opportunity after opportunity? He never does anything with these. And he's always getting good cards. It's not like he's getting thrown into junk. What does he got on these guys? Henrik Island. John Hunter Nemechek will be back. He's going to join Legacy Motor Club. And so we may get the return of the world-famous Nemerek. We haven't talked about the Nemerek in a while because Nemechek, after Nemerek a million times, which the Nemerek was these race-altering, race-changing spins that Nemechek would s- simulate, pirouette, however you want to visualize him just spinning out. And he would somehow magically remain on the lead lap just before he's about to get lapped. And then it usually changed the running grid or something would happen on pit road. He just would constantly do these spins. He wasn't too bad in the Cup Series. His front row motorsports equipment wasn't quite as good as the front row equipment they have now. It was a little bit of a down period for them. But he was a fighter. You could see that. You just need to put him in good equipment. And then he went down the Truck Series and Xfinity Series and went down you know, the, the hero's path, or the hero's journey, a la Joseph Campbell. And now he has returned. Unfortunately, his return is at a team that's probably not that great. Now, before we bury Legacy Motor Club, we do need to go over the fact that Legacy Motor Club, they had that kind of breakout year with Chevy, I believe it was, in 2024, 2022. And then 2023, for the most part, was a down year with Eric Jones and you know the whole Noah Gregson debacle. But... The big reason why that 2023 season was a wasted year was because it was a lame duck season. They had announced they were going to Toyota, and as soon as they had made that announcement, they were pretty much denied a lot of the access to wind tunnels and facilities at the manufacturer. Their engineers were given less access and less time to a lot of the data and resources. And you know, and it makes sense. Like if I'm Chevy or Ford, and I know a team is switching, I'm going to pull back the notes. I'm not going to give them to you. You're just going to leave, take the notes with you, and maybe hurt us in the long run. You know, it's like when you announce you're quitting a job or whatever. They're going to, like, stop, especially if you're going to transition to another competitive practice that might be competing against you. Either way, I don't blame the manufacturer. And we don't want to necessarily give Legacy Motor Club a complete free pass, but, you know, there was reason why it was just a lost season. And now you go into the, this year, and you got new driver, new crew chief, new car. Uh, it's going to be probably another year of growing pains. I mean, that would be that's a challenge for big teams to make. It is absolutely a challenge for big teams to make this transition. Now you're going to have to see a smaller team. I would not expect John Hunter Nemechek to be firing out of the gates. But it completely write them off because at the beginning of the season, we do have a lot of plate races and we're all over the place. Throwing some cautions at more at the intermediate track. What did it say? You can't play John Hunter Nemechek early, especially with the plate races. And then if we just have one intermediate track race, and then even when we go to Phoenix, it's a new body. It's a new model. It's, it's going to be pretty unique for everyone. So everyone's really going to be scratching their head. So the disadvantage for Legacy Motor Club in the new truck rate or new Toyota may not be as great as it could have been. So the schedule is kind of fortunate for them and favorable as it can be, but I'm not really excited about all the other points. Front row, you got McDowell and Gillen coming back. McGillen's going to get more 
I think most of his races will be straight front row. I believe it's full time. He's not going to have to jump over, but Gillen had a really good year. I don't know why, but I've always been a Gilly guy. Going back to the K&N West days, I believe he's a good, solid racer, 20th place guy. Michael McDowell had one of the best seasons of his career, took a step forward. I don't think there's much more meat on the bone, as they say in the DFS community. I don't think he can go much higher. I could be surprised, but he's running as well as he could, and the cars, the team is putting seemingly the best cars together they can. Almendinger, see you later. No idea why I ever took that step up. She just stayed in the Xfinity series. Everybody always wants, not everybody, a lot of people always want to take that step up when they're doing well. You look like a guy like Ben Rhodes. He knows his role, and he wins championships without winning races. Isn't that pretty funny? Like people up in arms, not kids that won a championship, didn't win a race. We got to change the playoffs. The media loses their mind. Ben Rhodes wins a championship. Did he win a race last year? Did you even hear about that? Where was the media conversation about that? Didn't hear. But Ben Rhodes knows his role. It's like, I'm going to stay here. Justin Allgaier, I'm fine. I'm just going to stay here. Like, well, don't you want to? Nah, I'm good. Shouldn't we try this hard thing over here? Maybe I'll just try this regular thing over here and look good doing it. And you do the hard thing and look stupid. Don't you have any more ambition? Like, I got enough ambition. There's there's nothing wrong with staying in the series that suits you. And I wish AJ would have stayed in the experience. He's going to do some road races and some plate races and be fine. Host for jumping into the 77. Ah, we'll see. Uh, Spire's got some funding. They're really trying to improve. But guess what? Other teams have funding and every other team's trying to improve. Maybe you don't like Hosever. Uh, do the best. Not let that cloud your judgment while playing DFS. It's a good talking point that you don't might not like these guys like Kyle Busch or Carson Hosefer or Ross Chastain still have to play them and I know you're saying well but they wreck a lot yeah and they also are aggressive enough that they're going to lead a bunch of laps too you got to take your personal feelings out of it what do we expect Carson Hosefer was mentored by Ross Chastain he races just like Ross Chastain We've been saying that for years. You've probably been saying that for years. If Anakin Skywalker would have actually grown up with his dad, he would have been. Actually, he did become Darth Vader. I'm sorry, not Anakin. If Luke Skywalker would have been raised by Anakin Skywalker, he would have been Darth Vader. The only reason he became a good guy is because his mentor was Ben or Obi-Wan Kenobi. I think that's a perfect example. I'm going to use that analogy more often than not. If your mentor, Ross Chastain, is a bad guy, then obviously Carson Hosever is going to go to the dark side. We could probably reference the latest Star Wars movies, but I'm going to just try to pretend that those don't exist. And I'm talking one, two, three, seven, eight, nine. I like Rogue One. I like the Han Solo movie. Everything else is... Uh, I like season one. So I like both the seasons of uh, The Mandalorian. These are good. But yeah, if your mentor's a bad guy, you become a bad guy. You join the dark side. If your mentor is Obi-Wan Kenobi, you join the is it the light side? Why don't I not? You're not even a real Star Wars fan. I'm, I'm not really the biggest Star Wars fan, to be honest with you. Gregson, that 10 car. Uh, I gotta read my notes. Who's the crew chief for Gregson? Uh, just going over some of these crew chief notes, too. 
Haley's crew chief is going to be Chris Lawson. And Chris Lawson was with Zane Smith in the truck series the last couple of seasons. So did pretty well, but can he make that transition? We did see Rudy Fugel make a pretty solid transition from the truck series to the cup series. I don't know if anyone else jumps off the top of my head that did that. Nemechek at the Legacy, front row, da 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 Gregson. I know it's not Luke Lambert anymore. Luke Lambert and Noah Gregson had that excellent season in the Xfinity Series after Noah Gregson had, and Dave Ellens had an excellent season in the Xfinity Series. Lambert is gone. Gregson's going to have, I'm not sure off the top of my head, We'll find that in the notes eventually. I got my notes a lot of places. Kazgrove is going to take 25 races in the Rick Ware car. Not really that interested in that. His crew chief is going to be. Uh, I didn't even write it down. Uh, might get 10 races from Cody Ware as well. Smith is going to have a crew chief going back. Zane Smith is going to have a Spire car, and he is on lease from front row. He'll run for Spire. His crew chief is Stephen Doran. Really no experience there. All right, because I brought it up, I do want to see who Gregson's crew chief is going to be. Drew Blickensdurfer. Yeah, he was with uh, Front Row Forever, right? McDowell. Pretty good season over the last couple of years. Okay, let's see. Running through my notes because we're all going kind of, we're not going too long. So, I think the first person we look at is Austin Dillon. Keith Rodden is the crew chief for the second season. Well, in this first season, Austin Dillon probably has the worst year ever. <clears throat> Pretty rough. The RCR cars have been competitive with Tyler Reddick and with Kyle Busch. Not great, but competitive. They have not been under Austin Dillon. All of his career wins come with a heavy dose of asterisks. Uh, it's about time for this guy to transition into ownership. That's not me saying it. That's Dale Earnhardt Jr. saying it. The fun run, what lasted, had some Xfinity Series wins, championships, Cup Series just never worked out. Hey, we, we all can't be winners. No big deal. No shame in that whatsoever. Let's see anything else, John? Frakowski, Matt McCall back. Matt McCall years with Kurt Busch had a couple wins. I'd say this one's about toast as well. Uh, I think he should have retired quite some time ago. He didn't. Nonetheless, they're still out there grinding. Whatevs. LaJoy doing LaJoy things. There will be weeks where he runs well. He's running much better than he did way back in the day with lower funded teams. The team is slowly growing, but I don't see it getting much better than where it is. Occasionally, he'll have a hot run, but that's about it. Kyle Busch, we really like Randall Burdett as a crew chief. Kyle Busch, he's very close and up to it in terms of, I don't, you know, that retirement age, that old guy age. Hell, he's selling off all those things. He sold his team. He sold his energy drink. Not looking great for old Kyle Busch. And at the same time, though, he's very invested in his son, which is great. It's very honorable. And you can see where his mind is. And that's probably the right thing. Elliot, worst year ever. Let's see. Hamlin, nothing really to talk about. Injury, he should be back soon. Oh, 
Yeah. Nothing new there with Blaney. We already talked about Briscoe. 16 car. We're not really certain what's going to go on with that for Colleg. Chris Buescher, this will be year two with him and Scott Graves. And year one of Chris Buescher and Crucci, Scott Graves was very solid. Very fast race cars, very impressive. Three wins. We'll see how this year goes. They're going to be a sophomore slump. Can they continue to improve? Something to keep your eye on, but that was definitely impressive in their first season together. Small and Truex, we all know that routine. Stevens and Bell, nothing new there. Harrison Burton's going to get Jeremy Bullins as a crew chief. He switched over crew chiefs a couple times over the years. Uh, Burton and Bullins. He had uh, Brian Wilson, our favorite Xfinity DFS crew chief. For a while, it didn't really work out. Brian Wilson has reunited with Austin Sindrick. They won a championship together, won a bunch of races together. Brian Wilson used to win a bunch of Xfinity Series races with you name it. Uh, Brad Kozlowski, Joey, Ryan Blaney. Been pretty solid. Couldn't make it work with Burton. He's going to be a Sindrick. Probably won't make it work with Sindrick. The Gomino Wolf are back. Bubba and Booty are back. Byron and Fugel and Rudy are back. Henrik going to jump in with Trent Owens at the college car. No, thank you. I mean, at least they do have a working relationship, having Henrik have been in the Xfinity series for some time. So maybe that will translate over. We shall see. McDoggett's Travis Peterson as crew chief. Could be a step backwards. Priest and Chad Johnson, long-time crew chiefs, been a little bit everywhere, years and years, going back to Tony Stewart days. Still has a little bit left in him. Nemechek's going to get Ben Bayshore. Ben Bayshore has bounced around quite a bit, still sticking with Toyota. He's done all-star rides for JGR. He did consistent rides for Xfinity drivers in the past. So Bayshore and Nemechek were bundled together last year in the Xfinity Series and had a wonderful year. They will go together to Legacy. We shall see how this works out. Because Bayshore's got to go back into setting up a, a Cup Series car. It may not be the easiest thing for him. But he has set up everything from trucks to Xfinity Cup. So if anyone can make those adjustments and adaptations, he probably is going to be a top of the list. Dave Ellens went from superstar to nobody last year. But again, we explained that Legacy was in kind of a bit of a transition period. Probably didn't help out that much. Reddick and Billy Scott are back. You know Reddick. There's going to be ups and downs, but it looks like road courses are going to become his thing. Stenhouse is back. Mike Kelly is back also on that team. They were competitive in spots. Pretty good all-around year for them and JTG. Bowman and Blake Harris are back. Justin Haley, as I mentioned, Chris Lawson, formerly with Zane Smith in the Truck Series. No change for Gibbs. Ty, that is. Zane Smith jumping up in the Spire car. Stephen Dorn, no real experience there. We'll see how that works out. Hosever, there's where Luke Lambert is. He's going to work with Carson Hosever. That's pretty good. That's an interesting combo if the equipment is up to snuff. Could be a top 20 car at times. Be interesting to see how that's played out. And then Suarez and Swardeski, Swiderski are back. That's going to wrap it up. This Cup Series podcast went a little bit longer than I thought it would, but that's okay. You're here. I'm here. As always, please go to raceforthepriz.com or dfsnotes.com. You can follow me on Twitter at raceforthepriz. 
I'm Pierce Dietrich. You want to get access to the Fantasy NASCAR spreadsheet. You want the laugh-by-laugh data. All of it, every single week, right on time, delivered to you. If you want all of the meticulous data that I go through, all the race results, all the DFS reports, all the practice laps, all of the projections, access to everything, not just me talking. I mean, the podcast is here. You can listen to me talk. But I give it to you. You go for it. If you ask me questions about it, I'll explain. I'm not holding anything back. You know how it's worked in the past. You can go through everything, pour through everything. Not a mass entry guy. I'm not a what are everybody else doing guy. I'm not an ownership guy. I'm not a leverage guy. You've known me for years. I'm much more of a, I like to watch racing. I like to talk about racing. I like to talk about specifics. I like to talk about the data, the details, the events. And that might not be the winning strategy, but I just, it's more entertaining for me and I'll be selfish. That's what I like to do. That's what I love about racing. I don't necessarily love DFS. I don't necessarily love game theory. There's other DFS shows out there. There's game theory shows out there. You can watch where, uh, you know, at six o'clock every day, they say, well, they're going to have 30% of the field. I'm going to be a little underweight at 24%. Okay. And in the end of the day, they like every driver. Okay. Uh, that's, that's fine. If that's for you, that's absolutely okay. And those shows get 3000 people to watch them. That's cool. But I like to watch some of the smaller shows on the other channels where I'm talking to the guy, watching the guys and he's breaking down like, look in this, you know, the second quarter, uh, he had three fouls and they had to shift over the rotation, so he got extra minutes, and it looks like he's going to have a bigger role. There really was just a situation of a bad foul call that then adjusted the rotation and added extra minutes for you know, Thad Young, and he's not going to get that kind of work. You know, I love watching and listening to the guys that are watching the games, breaking down the games, analyzing the games, and I try to do my best of that in this podcast as opposed to DFS game theory of, well, I ran a calculator and the calculator – said the field's going to have 40% of him. I don't know why they're going to have 40%, just because that's what the calculator and the projection said. So uh, I don't like that. So I'm going to have 20%. And that's just where I'm going to like, – I don't necessarily like that. But I know that everyone else does. And I know that that's the winning strategy. And we need that. We need people to do that. No, well, I don't know if we need to, but maybe people want that to happen. But that's not the way this podcast rolls. This podcast rolls deep in the weeds, talking about where I think, what I feel – uh, you know, I just want to look at this podcast and I look at podcasts in general. And what I like are, you know, imagine you're with your friends, group of buddies, and you're talking about daily fantasy. Okay, you're sitting at a table, maybe you're playing cards, whatever you're doing. Keep that to yourself. And you're talking daily fantasy sports. Is that conversation about ownership? Is that conversation about game theory? Is that conversation about what is everybody else doing on this slate? Or is that conversation about Giannis Antetokounmpo scoring 70 fantasy points and rebounding and driving and no one can guard him? Or Nikola Jokic not just being able to shoot threes, not being able to just run up and down the court, but his ability to pass and get assists and his length to get these steals and build up these peripheral stats that by the end of the night, he just sits at 70 every time, even if he only plays 30 minutes, even in a blowout. That's what I like to talk about. 
the actual sports. You know, I was at our Lions Club meeting, and they're talking, and the whole conversation. So it's like, all right, let's. We got the meeting done. We're talking sports, and what was the sports conversation? NIL in draft portal, or not draft portal, transfer portal, and it's just back and forth of this guy's coming from here, and they're going to get there, and all this like wheeling and dealing, and like that's cool for playing franchise mode and Madden. And I love franchise mode and Madden. Love dynasty modes. I love those in college, playing the video games. But like when I'm hanging out with my bros, let's talk about actual sports. Guys putting the basketball in the hoop. A ball being pitched and a ball being hit over a fence and how fast it traveled and how a guy almost caught it. And amazing athletic plays. And I told him like, and I said this to him, guys, what are we doing? We're talking about trade players transferring. We're not even talking about Ohio State anymore. We're not talking about this quarterback that you all hate and what he specifically did wrong or did right and why it went wrong or why it went right and what specific plays worked. or what. That was – it's over. You know, are we going to talk about why he didn't get the ball at Harrison Jr. enough and why that possibly could have been? Was it pass protection? Was it a conservative game approach? Was Harrison not really putting it in there? Was it not the game plan? Was it a lot situational? Was it decision-making? No, we're talking about transfer portal. We're talking about five-star recruits. So my podcast is we're talking about the game. Other shows, probably more helpful for making you make money. Our game theory, it's like uh, ESPN stuff. It is the mathematical, advanced analytical stuff. That's good. You want to make money? <laughs> yeah, this is probably the best way to sell this podcast. If you want to make money, go listen to the other people. And there's plenty of them. There's plenty of uh, fancy NASCAR content out there. And I'll recommend any of them if you want to know, like, hey, who do you recommend I listen to? Well, the first thing, just listen to all of them. Everybody's fine. But if you want to make money, listen to the other guys. If you want to give me money, listen to me. That's probably my uh, new slogan. If you want to make money, go with the other guys. If you want to give me money, come with me. That should wrap it up. Hopefully I didn't offend anyone or say anything inappropriate here on the Fantasy NASCAR podcast. It happens from time to time. We'll be back with an Xfinity Series powder soon in a moment.